Hey everyone, Demi here. Did you know that the latest PS5 show is sponsored by Bet365, the world's favorite online betting brand? The Bet365 app now lets you access pre-match and in-play markets, provides instant match updates across the biggest sports, connecting you to every game that matters. Bet365 also stream over 150,000 live sporting events every year. Download the app and try out the Bet Builder, which allows you to create personalized bets. Calculate the odds for any football match right there in your hands. Bet365 is the world's favorite online betting brand. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and the Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Incredibly exciting. It's really about for the players and for As a developer, that's an amazing feeling to have. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 102 of the latest PS5. What an episode we've got for you this week. You know, we're not talking one, we're not talking two, but we're talking three Final Fantasy games which have been announced. That's cr- absolutely crazy when you just fathom and think about that. We've got PS5 Pro controllers potentially to talk about, and Alex is super excited about that. And speaking of Alex, I'm your host, Sonny Sanger, and I'm joined by that man himself, Mr. Alex Sylvester. How are you doing, Alex? I'm sweating. Sweating, sweaty, and just dripping sweat it's yeah, like it 29 to 32 degrees depending on where you are in the uk today mm-hmm. and it's still it's not even letting up so yeah i'm feeling hot <laughs> well yeah, I'm, not complaining. Had... I'm not complaining at all man i mean it's better than the alternative you know what i mean Dawn will nah i'll take cold raining. i'll take cold at home <laughs> obviously if i go on holiday i want it hot but i'll take cold right yeah, now yeah. nice yeah it was 32 up here earlier when i went to pick the kids up and yeah. I was just like, oh, I just put this United shirt on and it, I already need to put it in the wash because I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, but I'm, in, I'm the, in the midst of all that heat, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing Last of Us 2 uh, and I'm on Seattle day one again. The game's just phenomenal, man. Love the story. Um, mm. So yeah, yeah I've, gone, I've gone back into a retro title. Um, but yeah, it's just a narrative, man really is engaging i guess after the uh, announcement of uh, last of us part one uh, the remake which will be coming what september mm-hmm. um yeah just thought i might as well just get myself uh familiar get familiar with it again well the sequel uh in prep for the the new game coming out oh, yeah, i couldn't do that uh, man i need that i need that gap before i play it like you know like i, I can't feel the controls of the last of us two and then go back to last of us one now nah, nah, nah. <laughs> i won't touch any last of us now until september uh, when I dive into Last of Us Part 1, I'm just going to be a boss, man. I mean, I'm <laughs> like the reflexes are going to be on point. So, yeah, That's man, it, so. man. How about you? What, you not, what, what, what you been playing, man? <laughs> Hold on, like, what you been building? Because <laughs> you, yes, know, you know what you've been He playing. knows. <laughs> the listeners know. Alex knows. Everybody knows. Jurassic yeah. World Evolution 2. But I've come to the realization that because I barely paid anything for it, because I did a trade in, yeah. I'm not going to trade that in. So I'm not going to rush. I'm not going to take my time. Uh, I mean, I'm going to take my time, so I'm not going to rush the game. Um, I just want to like, because it's sort of game I can pick up, put down, pick up, put down, pick up, put down. So I'm not really going crazy. And I've been playing a lot of eFootball online because I finally right. joined the um, the leagues and I've just been flying through those leagues like yes. absolutely jokes. But I tell you what, though, sometimes just the annoyance of Konami rears its head. I was 2-0 up with 15 minutes left 
and just two stupid errors in the game. Like, not me, I don't make errors, but in that game, just stupidity cost me two goals to finish 2-2. And I was like, eee, this guy is jumping around celebrating like he's made a comeback when really it's just the game having a... a a hissy glitch or whatever, you know. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, it's yeah. It's always the play of the game, man. Nay, 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 nay. Let's refresh. People can check the eFootball record. I don't lose. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no numbers under the uh, the losses section. It's a zero. So we're all good on that one. But we can get out. You know? But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Three and PS Five patches are out. So I've downloaded both of them to the PlayStation, so I will be jumping into Resi Evil 2 as well. Nice. But enough about that, Alex. Shall we get into some news? We've got a lot of news get to get news. through this yeah, week. Yeah, let's find out what's going on. Listeners have been waiting. Okay, so number one, as we spoke about at the top of the show, this week Square Enix hosted a live stream event celebrating the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII and finally gave the fans the title for part two while also presenting a roadmap by re- revealing that the Final Fantasy VII remakes will be a trilogy. That's the good. name? Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, a.k.a. Final Fantasy VII Part Two. Right. It's Part Two in the Final Fantasy VII Remake project. So, yeah, I think Final Fantasy VII is one big, huge game on the PlayStation 1. Yeah. They are remaking it as a trilogy, and this is the second part to it, which is obviously I'm Final right Fantasy VII right Rebirth. Following the live stream, creative director Tetsuya Nomura, director Naoki Hamaguchi, and producer Yoshinoru Kitasi each presented messages to fans on Twitter, expressing their excitement at being able to reveal part two of this trilogy, Rebirth. And I quote, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is being designed so that people can enjoy this game whether they know the original games or not, said Nomura. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth was given a release date of winter 2023 and will be coming exclusively to PS5. There has not been a confirmation of a PS4 version. So before I move on from there, Alex, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 2, a.k.a. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, has been announced. And despite the fact that Remake started on PS4, it looks like there's no PS4 version for Rebirth. Well, this is going to be a, a big, massive draw uh, to try and encourage players, sorry, uh, to move from the PS4 and, and upgrade to the PS5. So it's a, it's a ballsy move. It's a ballsy move. And I guess they're just going to navigate to see how the audience and <clears throat> potential um, purchasers are going to buy it. You know, the buyer is going to buy it, how they react to this. And if it reacts poorly, I'm sure we'll be hearing an update in a tweet somewhere saying, oh, yes, it will be released on the PS4. So I guess only time will tell. But nice to know that they're actually making it into a trilogy you know actually giving this the game some time to breathe so that it can really go into uh the depth of the characters the stories and narratives and really take their time with it because final fantasy 7 is an amazing game you know and to see it giving it the you know the 21st century update well, it's, really good to see. <clears throat> it's you would easily say you know not only is it one of the biggest playstation games of all time it's probably the most iconic jrpg of all time you know it's in the top five with mario you know as the most one of the most iconic games of all time so yeah yeah, like you said they're just taking their time really giving it air you know making sure that these worlds are built beautifully you know and i think they probably saw the metrics from intergrade you know which was uh remakes ps5 version 
mm-hmm. um, and they saw the patch updates and stuff. And they probably thought, well, by the time winter 2023 comes around, anyway, everyone's going to have jumped shipped anyway if the hardware is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So is there right? Yeah, definitely changed. <clears throat> mm. But um, we'll move back to the story. So speaking of a trilogy. Yeah. Nomura also revealed that development has already started on the third and final installment of the Final Fantasy VII remake project. Nomura-san dropped the news following the announcement of, Res- of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and while the official title for the third game hasn't been revealed yet, he hopes to unveil it in time. And this is what he said. The development of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth has been progressing rapidly since we adopted a new development structure. A title of this scale in which everything is interconnected even before production began is truly rare. In fact, some development has already begun on the third title. I myself have started on the development and I'm working towards the completion of the series. So, I mean, they're talking about technology there and engines and things like that. And it sounds like, you know, they they did Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. They, similar to Naughty Dog, got their bearings with the new hardware with PlayStation 5 specifically with the Integrade expansion to that yeah. and obviously the PS5 patches, which has helped them realize that actually we can make games quicker. What he's really saying is, yeah, we don't have to worry about hard drives anymore. So like a JRPG this big, we don't need to hide loading to slow the game down. So the SSD yeah. is making life a hell of a lot easier. It's making open world games the size of this and other games easier to make because you're not having to hide loading and things like that and extend times but yeah it's good to see that they're talking about how um i mean let's be honest if rebirth is out 2023 the final one will be out 2025 you know but it'll be kind of cool that it's throughout a generation you know so you see the progression of that generation because we saw the footage in the trailer for rebirth if you haven't seen it you can go onto youtube just type in final fantasy 7 rebirth the visuals look stunning like absolutely stunning and way better than remake so it'd be kind of cool to see the technology grow with this yeah yeah over the couple years you know yeah it's gonna look it's gonna look phenomenal Definitely. And uh, in the final bit of Final Fantasy news, Crisis Core Final Fantasy Reunion was also announced during the 25th anniversary celebration stream. And it will be coming to PS5 and PS4 and other formats later on this winter. This new version of the beloved PSP title features updated 3D models, full voiceovers and new music arrangements for fans to enjoy. Now, if anyone doesn't know, Crisis Core Final Fantasy was a PSP exclusive. It's being totally built up with 3D models and, as we mentioned, voiceovers and new music, and it's coming to absolutely everything. And it's good because it's like the only Final Fantasy game that seems to be multi-platform at the moment because you've got Final Fantasy 16, which is coming out in the middle of next year, exclusive to PlayStation <coughs> 5 first, and then you've got, obviously, Rebirth, which we've just spoken about coming in the winter. So you have two Final Fantasy games. Alex, sorry, three Final Fantasy games three. in 12 three months. Games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the market, well, for, this, for the Final Fantasy brand is like up about, what, 20 billion? Probably more than that now. Oh, you know, so yeah, it just makes sense that they're just going to be focusing heavily on their biggest IP. But yeah, for the fans, this is great. And like, even going back to the way that they're releasing Final Fantasy VII, they're, they're giving it time to breathe. They're allowing new fans to get used to or, or get introduced to the world of Final Fantasy in a nice, interesting way. And then we can only presume that after the seven trilogy is done, they'll move on to eight, nine, and ten. So they could do remakes up until well, until it changed into an action RPG, because that's pretty much what they're doing, right? They're just updating 
Well, they took it back, was... Final Fantasy, they took Final Fantasy VII back and created a whole new system where it yeah. was a good blend of traditional turn-based and action, which was and really, action. really cool to see. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to it. I will actually play the um, Integrate as well. So, mm. yeah, man. <clears throat> Excellent. Well, um, finally finished with Final Fantasy there, but we're sticking <laughs> with a similar genre because you've got a story that uh, is interesting a lot of fans as well. Yeah. So, as discussed... Um, three weeks ago um, on our Patreon exclusive Rumor Mill show. So if you're not signed up to that, ladies and gentlemen, please go to patreon.com and look for LPS5, Lates PS5, and uh, show some love. Uh, but uh, going back to the story, uh, Dragon Dog- Dragon's Dogma 2 is currently in development. Uh, Capcom has revealed during a celebratory live stream, which marked the 10-year anniversary of Dragon's Dogma. Uh, there was no trailer or anything revealed for Dragon's Dogma 2, only that Capcom is indeed working on it. Despite no trailer, a lot of information about the game was detailed and is confirmed to be using the infamous or the famous now, especially within Capcom, uh, the RE engine. So this is good to hear. Were you a fan of Dragon's Dogma? No, I never played it, but I knew people yeah. who did play it and it was what really popular. Thoughts? Really, really popular. You know, yeah. it's, it was unique at the time when it came back and it has had a cult following for a long time so obviously the fact that there was no trailer and only a logo tells me this game is three four years away you know what i mean it's a long time away but Mm -hmm. the confirmation is there we know capcom have just been going from strength to strength to strength and with a game of dragon's dogma style again as we just spoke about having an ssd will make development a hell of a lot easier they're they've expertised themselves with the re engine now you know so they know how to get the best out of that how quick to get things out of it as well so it'll be really interesting and it's good to make a different type of game to resident evil with that engine because then you can evolve when you go back to resident evil as well and things you've learned making dragon's dogma 2 you can put into when you're making resident evil back and forth so it should be really, really interesting. Did you ever yeah, play Dragon's Dogma? It's be gorgeous. No, I've never heard of the game. <laughs> I've never actually played it. But I heard it part two. I was like, well, part two's come out already. That's good to hear. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm really excited the fact that they're actually releasing it uh, using the RE engine. So it's going to be interesting to see how gorgeous mm. the game's going to look because obviously they're going to be putting it, pushing the um, graphics levels to the nines. Obviously, we've seen uh, Resident Evil and the uh, Resident Evil Village um, all getting the PS5 update. Uh, and all looking gorgeous. So this is going to be coming out in the next couple of years. Well, soon, I guess. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see exactly how it's going to look graphically. Excellent. Here to let you know that each week you could get this episode and all other episodes ad-free and up to three days early. Not only that, you can also gain access to Patreon-exclusive PlayStation shows that focus on sales numbers, all-time lists, showcase predictions, and more. Head over to www.patreon.com forward slash latest PS5 or click the link in the description to join our PlayStation community and show your support. People are creating more of what they love with Windows 11 and Intel. The best thing about Windows 11 is the snap assist where you can have multiple windows open. It's like having a clean room. <laughs> and I've noticed the increase of speed. I'm able to just render a lot faster. For me, honestly, it's all about the pen. I can do a little sketch, not being afraid of doing anything wrong. You have endless opportunities. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm just a fan. Learn more about Windows 11 PCs with the Intel Evo platform at windows.com slash brings you closer. 
pen sold separately. So number three, Housemark has been open before about how the process for developing Returnal was a lot of learning, just how to even make a game of that size. And as in any as in any creative process, a lot of ideas never made it into the game. According to Evi Kohonen, senior native narrative, how did I fuck his, get his name right? Fuck up his position. Senior narrative designer at Housemark, the studio is looking forward That's to picking right. up those pieces and seeing how those fit into their new IP story. Housemark have already confirmed that their next project is going to be an original IP. But it's always good to see, Alex, right, that a company that took a lot of ideas out, didn't get it in the first game in time. They don't just leave it. They're looking at it. How can we get it into our new game? So what they're saying is there's a lot of things that they wanted to do for Returnal. They didn't do for Returnal, but they haven't forgot about it. And they're looking at ways to implement it into the new IP, which is yeah. something you see a lot as well from other yeah. studios. I mean, Nintendo have spoken about how things never made it into um, a Mario game. But then when the next Mario game came out, that initial idea has been revolutionized and put in to the new game and things like that so it's kind of cool to see that yeah that we had a great idea we didn't get it we're not forgetting about it we're putting it in a game yeah and it's good to know that um house mark is not keeping quiet and they're not doing it not doing nothing they seem to have been acquired by um sony studios so uh, it's nice to know that they're working on a brand new ip which is exactly what fans of the game want to see and i'm sure it's exactly what the investors of <laughs> sony uh want to see from their big investment right so uh come on house marks don't let us down obviously we know it's going to be graphically amazing but um it'd be interesting i mean they're going out on a limb you know they, they're bringing out another uh, original ip you know can they actually make it any better can it get the you know the gravitas can they get the the customers behind it that's going to be interesting to see you know but mm. um i'm curious I am curious, you know, it was, Eternal was a gorgeous game and it played phenomenally well, you know, mm. much better than a lot of games I've played in a long time. So I'm excited. As I said, I've said it before and I'll say it again, from a pure gameplay standpoint, Returnal is the best. It feels yeah. the best on PlayStation at the moment. Uh, and, and especially the controller, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So and we predicted it will be in the playstation plus extra tier as well so there you go you want to all eternal people get playstation plus extra when it launches at the end of this month or if you're in north america it's already out yeah you lucky souls uh okay so uh we don't usually discuss rumors on the show but one is gaining steam and we thought let's just talk about it um according to a new report from known leaker tom henderson we've mentioned him numerous times on this podcast uh, sony is currently working on a pro style controller for the ps5 henderson claims his own sources have told him a genuine professional controller is on its way for the ps5 cold name hunt uh, he also reports that the features of the controller will include remote removable analog sticks trigger stops and rear buttons uh, the exact details however can't be nailed down yet as this all comes from pictures of the alleged upcoming controller, which was sent to Henderson under the condition they could not be published. Uh, a removable grip is reportedly featured on the controller. So, pro controllers. It sounds very Xbox to me. <laughs> what do you think, man? Yeah, I mean, Sony were quite cool What on PS4 because they had the DualShock 4, which a lot of people loved anyway. And instead of making their own in-house elite controller let's call it elite control or pro controller yeah they licensed it out to scuff who made it you know and they did a really really good job of it um i think 
what Scuff did that was smart is they kind of positioned it more like a the analog stick positioning of the Xbox controller to allow Xbox gamers to come in and play it. Maybe Sony didn't like that. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Two sticks stay together. They said that will never change for the PlayStation controller. So, I mean, you can't... I'd, hey, if they can find a way to enhance perfection even more to this DualSense controller, I'll take it. I mean, I look at the, the DualSense controller already, which is like 60 quid, 70 quid, whatever it costs, man. This thing's going to cost like, if it's like the Elite controller on Xbox, like 150, 200 pounds. But I will buy one for Alex because he will give me a competition in Tekken with a pro controller. I'll use the base controller. I'll still fuck him up. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Oh, but thanks, I mean, thanks, thanks, thanks. But, I mean, I'll take it easy on you. Don't worry. <laughs> I want you. I want to know. I want to know your thoughts because obviously listeners and myself are aware of your love for the DualSense controller. So now yeah. we're adding to that. We're adding removable analog sticks, so you can put sticks in to cater to your size. Trigger yeah. stops. Yeah. Please educate me. I don't even know what the fuck that is. And obviously um, the rear paddles, which are on the back of the DualSense. Yeah, I guess it comes down to those who really want to customize every single aspect of their games. You know, like you said, from the analog to the triggers. To I'm guessing like. Uh, uh, paddle buttons at the back, you know, which mm-hmm. are really good for some Tekken players who uh, like to program their buttons. You know, I call them cheaters. You know, you y'all know who out there. You know, you know who well, that was are. it. Some of the best Tekken players in the world now uh, use the PS4 uh, official paddles that they attach to the back. So they, they're just be fighting banned. from the back of She'll the pad. You know what I mean? She'll be banned. She'll be Pussy banned. Yeah? yeah, yeah. Come on, pussies. But anyway, uh, yeah. So for those of you who do need assistance in trying to kick a legend like myself, um, ass, which is impossible anyway. Um, yeah, obviously you've got the back paddles to to help you out there. The removable uh, triggers are going to be quite interesting as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. there could be a lot of um, Xbox, um, PS5 haters out there, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, this could be a nice way to kind of encourage them onto the platform. You know, to know that they have, I mean, a lot of people do love the fact that you can customize pretty much everything on a Xbox, you know, bar the haptic <laughs> triggers and uh, feedback. Um, but yeah, that customization. You know, we're moving into a world where um, we want to be able to play games the way we feel comfortable, you know. So if that means um, creating your own idealistic controller, then do so. If it means taking off the faceplates and getting them spray painted in your own way, customization is a massive market. Uh, and obviously, mm-hmm. Microsoft has made a mint with their elite controllers. The fact that you can actually customize every single bit of that detail you know from the aesthetics to how it feels you know from the triggers um the the travel rates you know everything you know so for pro game for pro gamers it's you know it's a massive plus and it's going to be a small market this pro controller and i guess sony do know this they're aware of that um but yeah having the option there is you know it's having an option you know so um mm-hmm. and i'm guessing that this controller would also be able to be used uh, for the pc and maybe other bluetooth devices so uh it could be a lot of fun in that aspect especially with a lot of games now being released uh near enough simultaneously both on the ps5 and pc so um mm. yeah the, the future is uh the future is customizable so this is good for sony because they don't yeah, yeah. customize shit <laughs> you know i know, I know. I'm, you know what i mean i'm happy with the dual sense 5 but or the dual sense 5 just the dual sense but DualSense um, 5. <laughs> I know, and I'm getting mixed up with the DualShock 4 there, isn't it? Uh, the DualSense. <laughs> but if, yeah. if it was affordable and a decent price, I'd pick it up because if I could make it any more comfier in my hands, I would. And I've got big it's hands. It's already amazing, though. Exactly. <laughs> it's, I've, I've got really big hands. So, you know, and whatever big hands to whoop your ass with, you know what I mean? Like, I'll take it, you know. But yeah. um, 
we'll see what happens because I don't know how I'm supposed to afford a pro controller, VR2, a PS5 <laughs> Pro, like you know. So Where's the semiconductors and all this shit coming from, Sony? You know I mean? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Suddenly they found them. Exactly, exactly. It's absolutely hilarious. Heard about Swole Panda, the bamboo clothing company that needed a bit of help from Gold Daddy. One day, one of them's like, "Our clothes might be sustainable, but our business won't be. We need more customers." And then it hits him. We need Gold Daddy. Look, we can get a domain name and build a website. Yes. To get found online and reach more customers. And now, after a little online growth spurt, everyone's like, Your socks are so sick. They saw Panda. Yeah, fam. They made that bamboo sustainable, innit? For the help and tools you need to grow online. Go daddy. Football is so much more than just the score. And the same is true of the Live Score app. You probably know Live Score for real time updates and in play stats. What about their pre- and post-match offerings? We're talking breaking team news, player stats, match highlights, lineups, and live league tables all rolled into one match page. And don't miss exclusive content on all things football, from the latest transfer news to expert analysis and insight, only on LiveScore's watch section. Download the free LiveScore app from the App Store or Google Play. LiveScore. It's more than a score. All right, Alex, number five, um, Strauss Zelnick, the CEO of Take-Two, has firmly backed Sony's new PlayStation Plus service, which focuses more on a catalogue choice of games rather than getting releases out on day one alongside their retail counterparts. Speaking with GameIndustry.biz, the executive noted that subscription day one releases doesn't make sense to us in terms of economics and that he isn't sure consumers are ready to buy into the idea either. So this is what he said. Our skepticism has been around making frontline console products available day and date with subscription. That doesn't make any sense to us because economically speaking, we don't think consumers are prepared to pay for that. And we can't afford to turn our business upside down in a way that doesn't make any sense economically. There always has to be an intersection between what the consumer wants and what the publisher is able to do. And, you know, it doesn't make sense to do that for our properties. That's our opinion, and I think Sony agrees with us because it said so. Mm. It can potentially be great for catalog properties, sales of properties that have made that have been in the market for a while and their price has been reduced. It can make economic sense to offer those on a subscription basis. Now, a lot of people will read that, and I'll, I read that first. And the first thing is like, no, I'll be happy to get my shit day one and get it for free. But I think what he's trying to say is when games cost more than – when GTA – five cost almost 300 400 million dollars to make you don't just put that on a subscription service because you can't (laughs) if you have microsoft money you can but he's talking about these companies these publishing partners they can't do that it doesn't work we have to get every cent out of it that we can i mean this is coming from a guy that they've almost made 10 billion dollars from grand theft auto 5 alone you know what i mean and It's, it's crazy, but you, do you understand what he's saying in that sense? And how do you feel yeah, about what he said? I do. Um, and I think it's that ever, um, forever argument between um, the two models, between Microsoft and Sony, as we've mentioned mm-hmm. numerous times in the past. Uh, the, the big heads all release differently, you know, whether it's Steam, Nintendo, Xbox, Sony, everyone's got their own model that works for them. And comparing the two markets, especially when it comes to Sony and, and Microsoft, is 
is you know it's just trivial i guess you know it's it's not really mm. uh one really for debate that's just their market you know the market cap for what microsoft is like what two trillion or something i mean they're just in the stratosphere sony is isn't that type of company you know sony's more traditional um, they know they're core gamers and it's a lot easier to measure the success of games by the way they release them in a traditional market sense uh whereas market is uh, market whereas microsoft is literally just going for dominance you know they just want to spread it everywhere they and had everywhere. to that's didn't they the, they had to because what the, they have to do they they don't want to give the games out for day one but they yeah. had to because they were in no such choice. a bad position on xbox really? one that yeah. they were like, we have to give it out. And now they can't trail back from it. <laughs> they, they, they can't, they can't. And I guess they've got the money to back it up. But if they're looking at the long game plan, you know, when everyone is subscribing, you know, even more subscribers and everything's going to move online. So they've got to worry less about hardware and just more on um, server capability. Because they, they, I mean, they run Azure, which is, you know, a third, a third of the cloud market. Um, and they're going to be developing that every, every single year. Um, so it's going to make financial sense for them to do so. You know, they'll claw it all back because they're not having to invest as much money into infrastructure for hardware, et cetera. So it works well for them. And it's a very good model. And you see companies like um, maybe Amazon or even Google, you know, those who are going to be focusing heavily towards cloud, um, that will be a viable option for them. Um, but Sony... You know, come on, traditional market like Nintendo, like Sega's, like, well, I don't want to say talk about Sega now, but they're keeping the core essence of console and game buying alive, you know, and it's it's worth the investment. They invest heavily into story, the graphics and everything. And it's it's more meaningful when you get a game delivered from these companies because you can tell the, the amount of blood, sweat and tears they've put into each one of these games. Uh, and it's not just frivolous like on Microsoft or, you know, other cloud services where it, you can tell that they don't really put the same amount of effort. You know, they may have had a massive budget, but there's just something about when it comes from a traditional company like Sony or the Nintendos, you know, there's a certain level of quality um, that these companies have developed over these years and they don't ever want to let that up, you know. So it's mm -hmm. nice to know that they're still providing that premium um, gaming experience, which I hope Microsoft can kind of get a grasp on. Um, because even though they've got a lot of games coming up in the next what two to three years, uh, hopefully, <laughs> you know, um, we'll see if it's actually got any quality behind them. You know, because if it hasn't, then fans are going to slowly start switching over. We're already talking about a pro controller here, <laughs> you know, <laughs> slowly bringing them over. So uh, that's mm. what that's my thoughts on it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, you just echoed what Jim Ryan said a few weeks ago when we spoke about it on this show, mm. and we spoke and he spoke about that the we can do it but then the quality dip is going to be huge because the, yeah. the same level of investment can't be there. You can't spend 150 million on the last of us too, and just put it on a subscription surface. And there's so many things going on. Now you see on Twitter trending game pass fatigue, game pass fatigue. Other companies are saying that people are not buying games. Now they're waiting to get it on game pass to see if it's on yeah. game. So it's hurting other developers as well, but it doesn't hurt Microsoft too. That's all. That's all they want. They want the juggernaut. But if there's yeah. no publishers and developers left to make the games, the content's not going to be there at the same time. And mm -hmm. GTA is by far, you know, one of the most, if not the most expensive game outside Starcraft or Star Ocean or something like that, you know, like anything wow. that's concurrent game as a singular mm. game, GTA is the most expensive game there is. I mean, reports that GTA five, again, yeah, 350, 400, 500 million budget for that game because they're not going to make the money back on it, but you don't, 
you kind of ruin it a little bit because you spoke about it there, Sony and Nintendo. When Nintendo release, not like Strikers Football, which we're going to get into and things like that, but when they release a new Zelda or a mainstream Mario game, mm. it's a celebration of the industry, right? Yeah. When nice Sony release a Naughty Dog game or a God of War comes out or something, it's a celebration of heritage and industry you know it's the same mm. thing sony and yeah. nintendo are bestowed in heritage with the, because of the quality of their games whereas microsoft yeah. have had some great games but they're just so few and far between so like when it comes out it's straight to game pass if you're not in that ecosystem it just gets lost because it's not in the news anywhere like yeah. you hear reports that yeah sea of thieves has 50 million players or something but you think how many are actually still playing it because 50 million are not playing it because the record on steam is nowhere near it's that nowhere number near. and yeah. that's the thing you can hide behind those numbers and microsoft love hiding numbers because they don't give us any fucking numbers <laughs> about that one division that we want it has to yeah. be meshed with everything else but <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how playstation plus does i mean i love the fact that um i don't need premium yet because there's no classic game that i really want to get into straight away i'm right, going to be yeah. going into playstation plus extra which mm. has obviously all of the um, games in that list and stuff like that. Premium, yeah. it, I'm, I'm kind of looking at it. I want to see what PS3 games are. It, all they need is Fight Night streamable, and then I'll go straight <laughs> to premium. I'd pay the extra. Yeah, but I yeah, mean, I think it's only it's pretty good as well. It's really it's good. only 17 pound difference as well. So I might mm. actually, yeah, fuck it, I'm going premium. So I'm going yeah, premium, yeah, but uh, first, only, ladies and gentlemen, for 17 <laughs> quid a year, I'll go premium extra, right? But um, I'm there like. I, I don't want to give up. I mean, I don't want to spend the money, but I don't want to give up going out to buy a new game and then coming home to play it and I'm excited to play it and shit because yeah, that's yeah. a part of something that's always grown up with me or downloading it digitally in your case, yeah, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. still that I've bought the game, I'm excited to play yeah, it. Yeah, it is. It really and, is. You know, I'm, you know. I'm kind of, I like the fact that um, a little story came out that if you have games in your wish list, mm-hmm. Sony will actually notify you on the PlayStation Network that, oh, a game in your wish list is now in the PlayStation Plus collection. Nice. nice. So I've yeah. literally spent the other day and I've put like 30, 40 games that I was interested or maybe not interested about into my wish list now. Mm-hmm. So I will be able to um, just wait until they pop in. You know what pop I mean? In. And yeah, I'm like, bang, yeah, yeah. I can play that. Bang, I can play that. But games that yeah. I still want that are brand new that I'm really excited for, the God of Wars, the Last of Us or anything like that. I'm, I'm looking forward to going out and buying it, getting excited, right. coming home and going for it, you know? Yeah, but well, everyone to themselves. That's true. It really is. Everyone yeah. to themselves on that one. But uh, speaking about um, interesting titles, Alex, this next yeah. story is very this interesting. It's an interesting one, yeah, because when I heard about this, I think when you told me about this, I was like, what the fuck? But anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Gran Turismo will be getting a film adaptation and it will be directed <laughs> by Neil Blomkamp. Um, uh, and website Deadline has just reported that a release date has now been revealed, setting the adaptation to hit theatres on August 11th, 2023. Uh, we also got some details from the new report um, that the plot for, of the film uh, is the ultimate wish fulfillment tale of a teenage Gran Turismo player whose gaming skills won a series of Nissan competitions, competitions um, to become an actual professional race car driver. Um, the report also listed Jason Hall as the screenwriter and Azad Quizilibash, sorry if I pronounced that wrong, and Carter Swan um, from PlayStation Productions as producers. 
Uh, Gran Turismo, of course, isn't the only IP that PlayStation is looking to leverage through um, other mediums. We've also got the commercial box office success of the Uncharted film, um, an upcoming series from HBO on The Last of Us. Can't wait for that. A Twisted Metal series is on deck and uh, Horizon for Netflix and Prime and a Prime exclusive God of War TV series are currently in the works. Wow, 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 wow. But going back to the top of this story, Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo. I, I mean, tell you what, films. though. What? <laughs> it's like... First off, I got scared because I thought, <laughs> shit, if the creator of Gran Turismo is involved, this is going to be one of the most boring films you've ever seen because he's just a <laughs> yeah. car nut. He don't care about anything else. Then yeah. I shit myself up even more thinking, oh, my God, what if it's like Need for Speed? Need for Speed wasn't bad as a film, but I was like, oh, my God, what if it's like Need for Speed or Gone in 60 Seconds or something? Yeah. Gone in 60 Seconds as a Gran Turismo would have actually been kind of cool, right? <laughs> but then I thought, okay, this is actually going off a real-life story about it. So it's not going to be like Gran Turismo in your face all the time. It's going to be that Rocky Balboa story of a kid who yeah. gets into Gran Turismo, he plays it, he's training to get into competitions, he does it, but that's not the end of it. So yeah. think, if you've ever seen the old Disney film, The Rookie, right, the baseball right, right, one, okay. yeah, with Dennis Quaid in it, where yeah. you th- his first, it's like a film of two stories. So the first like third of it is about him trying to better kids as a baseball team. But then the second, but the deal was if they won the championship, he tries out for a professional team. And then that's where the real film kicks in. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. I think this is going to be the same sort of thing where the yeah. first half of the film will be about a young kid who's competing to become a Gran Turismo champion. And then the other half of the film is he's actually taking it one step further and yeah. a video game trained him. Yeah, become a professional race car driver. You know, that's crazy. Yeah, that is, because that people is, don't realize what when you do these Gran Turismo, when you do the GT World Championships, yeah. you're not playing with a controller. You're not allowed. You're sitting in a full-on steer Logitech Gran Turismo control rig, which you can no. buy and have at home. Yeah, that's yeah. where you truly feel and appreciate how good Gran Turismo is. Yeah, that'd be cool. Steering and everything it adapts to the actual car you know that's the feedback yeah. that you're getting so when he went into i remember reading it when he went into a nissan it was all six cents to him because he had already done it on a gran turismo thing <laughs> and people got to remember that a lot yeah. of the race drivers like lewis hamilton or formula one drivers rally drivers you know street uh, drivers all these people they practice in rigs like this you know what i mean that simulate right, the car right. they're going to drive so he was ready to go so it, it's it's going to be interesting. What makes it weird, though, is the director choice. Yes. You know what I mean? Is it going to be some aliens <laughs> yeah. in there and shit like that from and District 13 line. or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, a story about the elite uh, escaping planet Earth uh, and living on Elysium. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very interesting choice. I mean, Neil Blomkamp, uh, like you just mentioned, those two films, District 9 and uh, Elysium, two standout films, amazing, especially District 9. I mean, that was just phenomenal, you know, when it comes to uh, traditional alien narratives. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. I want I want to see if there's actually going to be like some type of sci- sci-fi um, side to it. I mean, they, they have made it into a realist. It's based on a true story, right? So they could mm. have some sci-fi elements to it. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it just sounds weird. But let's just see what happens, right? <laughs> you know, who would have thought that Uncharted movie would work? Uh, and it has. You know, it made, what, 400 mil? So that was pretty good. 
think if the Gran Turismo the... one comes out, it won't have a big budget to it. It'll probably be one of those like 40, 50 million dollar budgets. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it'll be a massive budget. But I think if you look at there's a film called there's two films that I would liken that it could potentially be. One shit, one's good. So what the shit one is, I think it's called Race and it's got Sylvester Stallone in it. Okay. And it's about yeah. Formula One cars, but used on yeah, it's it's, it's weird, right? Uh, yeah. It's not shit. It's just not great, right? But right. I think I would liken this film to Rush with Chris Hemsworth. So if you okay. haven't seen it, watch it, uh, which it. is based on um, a true story as well, which has a lot of racing in it. Or yeah. actually, even Le Mans '66. You know what I mean with Christian Bale and Matt Damon. That's a good film. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah, I like that. I'm not talking about yeah. oh the whole story with the characters. I'm talking about if you look at the racing elements of it, the racing scenes of it, and things yeah. like that. It, it's going to be more akin to that than anything. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. say that, and it'll be fucking Fifth Element flying cars and shit in Gran Turismo. But <laughs> we'll see. Twenty first century. Uh, yeah, and uh, at the end of that story as well. I mean, the amount of films that Sony have got in the the can. Well, you know, um, obviously mm. we talked about Uncharted, uh, Last of Us. Obviously, you know that me especially massive fan of that franchise. Uh, Twisted Metal, which has Anthony Mackie, I believe, um, that's coming out. Um, it's got some big, big. It's got yeah. some big cult names in that in that Twisted Metal series, you know. So, yeah, and, yeah, and that's yeah. a comedy. Crazy. It's going to be like a, yeah. a mature action comedy. Um, but yeah, you were just saying that. there. Uh, I don't know if you saw. So Nielsen, which track engagement and popularity in America, have uh, released a list and of everything in mm. regards to TV shows and stuff like that. Yeah, The Last of Us was third. And that was behind Stranger Things, which was number one. Yeah, I can't remember what was number two, but then it was the last HBO, The Last of Us was the third. This is, we're talking about all TV shows in that uh, year. So you're talking about Squid Game, you're talking about Game mm. of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, all the impressions and likes yeah. and talks about that. And HBO's The Last of Us is sitting in third place. Sitting in third place. That's impressive. And, deservedly and it's, it's so. going to be massive. It's going to be huge. So. I mean, from the very first time, the listeners, obviously, obviously, you've heard me say it a million times. I'm going to say it again. From playing the very first game, the one thing I was always saying that it needs to be a TV show because, um, you know, um, my sister's sitting next to me watching me play the game, but not really into the gore or whatever, but because you just think oh it's just a standard horror game you know going for a dystopian future where there's a zombie apocalypse uh but the narrative the uh, the connections between the characters was something that i've never actually seen before the level of detail that they went into in the game you know that you actually care for mm. them even um with uh i don't know supporting roles you know what i mean there's i can't remember the two guys that popped up into the um into the story at one point before you versus sniper um, but the way they created a well-rounded, round, well rounded, realistic background for these characters, you know, and then what happened to them subsequently afterward wasn't the best, but um, the way that the team at um, Naughty Dog were able to just create engagement effortlessly, it seemed, um, mm. you know, they definitely deserve to be able to have um, some screen time. And the fact is that they're making Last of Us and bringing it to the, the screen to the masses is a great thing. And I can't wait to see what they're going to do with it. And we've also heard that uh, the voices for Joel and uh, Ellie are going to be making an appearance in the film as well. So, um, yeah, it's a good time. But, but one more thing, God of War, TV show, coming out on Prime. What are your thoughts? <laughs> Oh, no, I don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about it. We'll just see <laughs> we don't want to talk about it. We're not talking about it. We're not talking about it. Let's move on to the charts. All right, then. 
here to let you know that each week you could get this episode and all other episodes ad-free and up to three days early. Not only that, you can also gain access to Patreon-exclusive PlayStation shows that focus on sales numbers, all-time lists, showcase predictions, and more. Head over to www.patreon.com forward slash latest PS5 or click the link in the description to join our PlayStation community and show your support. Whether you're searching for record players or pianos, how you pay matters. Visa helps protect you from payment fraud online. Visa, a network working for everyone. Okay, Alex, could the ultimate shock... So if you haven't heard already, me and Alex have been playing around with can there be a title in the UK charts that sits at number one for four consecutive weeks in 2022. So far, there's been so many number ones and four or five of them have been at number one for three weeks and then dropped in that fourth week. One of those was Horizon. So fuck yeah. knows what happened, right? But PS5 <laughs> stopped, came back in the UK, bundled with Horizon. It was number one again for another three weeks. And I was like, surely not. It's going to do it on a second attempt. And ladies and gentlemen, I can confirm that it has not done it on a second attempt uh, because we have another <laughs> new number one in the UK charts this week. So I'll just run through them really quick. You're yeah. going to hear a very Nintendo-heavy chart. There are big Nintendo promotions oh, yeah. well, going well, on at the moment. Well, so last week's number nine this week's number 10 is minecraft switch version then you got pokemon legends arceus mario kart 8 deluxe which is nintendo's version of fifa 20 uh, of gta 5 sorry <laughs> last week's number four this week's number seven is fifa 22 wow, back into the top 10 is kirby and the forgotten land wow number five is nintendo switch sports number four is the new entry the quarry from supermassive games and published by 2k last week's number one this week's number three, Horizon Forbidden West. Last Ooh. week's number three. This week's number two, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. So it's still oh. selling. And number one, new entry, Mario Strikers Battle League Football. Um, so to give you an idea, the quarry, obviously a huge launch, super massive, multi-platform. So a multi-platform game, the quarry sold best on PlayStation platforms with 85% of its sales coming from PS5 and PS4. That's a big that's not on Game Pass either. Wow. Despite a sales dip of 7%, Lego Star Wars, as we spoke about, moved up to second. Uh, and last week's number one, Horizon, couldn't make it four weeks at number one because it drip, dipped 21% week on week, which obviously coincides wow. with a dip in hardware as well. But Alex, we there's no major competition now so you know nintendo promotions usually hit during the summer mario strikers might be the game mario to do it strikers, could it do it i doubt it i mean the uh, reception for the game hasn't really been the best so far and i think a lot of nintendo fans are kind of catching on that when nintendo releases a you know, like a sports game they don't really you know fill it with all the content that's necessary so uh, there's been a little bit of backlash in terms of the sales so i predict that that game will probably drop out, if not by next week, definitely by the third week. Do you know what I've noticed though about Nintendo Switch games and PlayStation games in terms from a sale? They've had the same sales pattern in you have particular Nintendo games mm. that are upper echelon, right? And now we're talking Mario, Pokemon, and Zelda, those three, right? And Smash. No, I wouldn't even say Smash, I'd say those three, right? Mario Kart, yeah. Mario um pokemon and zelda right they sell 
special numbers. That's what we're going to call it. Then you've got the second tier, which is like Smash Brothers, Luigi's Mansion, these sort of games that sell mm. great, still mm. better than Xbox, but they're second tier to Nintendo. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And then I was looking at the PlayStation ones. I was like, do you know what? Motherfucker, it's the exact same. There's like two or three IPs that Sony have that sell mm. special numbers. Yeah, then they yeah. got their next set of first party, which are still better than Xbox, but they're second tier to Sony. You know what I mean? It kind of yeah. works similar <laughs> to it. I mean, yeah. the good thing that you'll notice is, I think, from Nintendo and... I mean, I don't even think there's been a... No, there can't have been an Xbox number one because there hasn't been an Xbox first party game in a while. But, yeah, that was a little dig there. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> it's... You, uh... you got help yourself... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got like you're ripping the head out, man. I know, I know, but I like I like the fact that there's just there's just so many different number ones in the UK chart. Like usually yeah. it's just yeah, FIFA or COD, FIFA or COD, but COD's yeah. not even yeah. in the top ten, yeah. and nor is GTA Five. If you look at it, but don't nor worry, is Alex. GTA Five. Thank don't you. Don't worry. Thank you. You Do not worry. You know, no, no, you know it will be in the June no, overall chart, man. Listeners, you have the power to make it happen, yeah? Just keep it out of the charts. Uh, I'm impressed to see, though, that Nintendo took, like, six of the um, the top ten. You know, really good to them. Uh, and I guess... It's holiday season, man. Kids got switches season. now, isn't it? Um, and, yes, Mario Strikers is number one. Lego Star Wars, obviously, back up to number two. Obviously, probably with um, the release of... What's that film called? No, the TV show, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan you know, so that's Obi- doing some good numbers on Disney+. Plus. Uh, but yeah, man, a massive shout-out to Horizon Forbidden West, man. I mean, that came out of nowhere. Dude, you know if that had got the fourth it. week at number one and it's like 19th week available, I'd have been like, Take the crowd. So, I mean, <laughs> you would say that, you know, cumulatively since launch, it's been number one for six weeks at different times, you know, probably seven. It's probably had a number one in there somewhere else as well. But yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens on next week's chart. But if nothing, I need to look at the release date, actually. I don't think anything's going to come out to threaten um, Mario for a while. So we'll see what happens. Oh, wow, okay. Then. Yeah, well, they, they'll definitely take the two, two weeks then. Hopefully. We'll do it. Uh, so we'll move on to letters. And yeah. this first one was hilarious. Oh, yeah. um, so Joshua from Exeter in the UK uh, wrote in and says, how do you boys feel about Tekken 2 costing $10,000 on the PlayStation Network store? Knowing you two, you'd probably have purchased it. <laughs> oh, now, Alex, I don't know if you know, uh, obviously no. you can, you don't have to have a PlayStation Plus subscription, uh, subscription to Plus to buy you can buy the classics a la carte okay but yeah. tekken 2 was priced at nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars instead what? of nine dollars ninety nine <laughs> uh and then what made it funny is everyone jumped on it but what really put the cherry on top was uh Haradison, the director and creator of tekken tweeted what yeah. a marvelous price sony <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that is a credit to the company and all the effort that has made the greatest gaming franchise of all time. Arguably. I just love the tweet, man. I love the tweet. Yeah, what a marvelous price. Obviously, as a director, he's going to be like, yes, money, excellent. Could they like, get away with it? I wonder if somebody purchased it just as a joke. <laughs> you, know what I mean? oh, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I would have done it and I'd be like, <laughs> uh-huh. I'll be like, uh, Sony, you owe me $9,990 and one cent, please, because you've just taken all my fucking money from me. Yeah. But uh, yes, we did see it, Joshua. And if it was a, like a very special version of Tekken 2 or something, yes, I would have sold a kidney yeah. and probably grabbed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would have to move um, at 240 frames per second and 12K, <laughs> like super ray traced with every single Tekken character in the sun. You know what I mean? I would have bought it. 
even with, with the like, Tekken yeah, 2 visuals. With the Tekken 2 kind of theme and filter, that would be wouldn't be bad. You know, I could oh, I would definitely invest in that. Um, but it, yeah, on a PSN store, a digital copy, you're crazy. It's gonna have to be physical. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. has to be physical in like a I don't know metal case, the works. You know what I mean? Backstory. I want to know about the creators, where they came from, how they came. Mate, for ten dollars, it better fucking have fast Wi-Fi connected to it, so I can connect my phone to it whenever I want. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we're That's sticking the in the UK. Way. We're sticking in yeah. the UK, Alex, for number two. This is from Helena from Chester in the UK. Okay. Hello, latest PS5 team. Thank you for the show. You're welcome. (laughs) During the Summer Game Fest show, which was largely underwhelming, I concur on that one, Helena, Mm -hmm. a bright spot came at the end when Neil Druckmann announced he was working on a new project. What do you think it is and what would you like it to be? Now, Alex, Mm -hmm. before we get in, um, Naughty Dog have already said in the past that their latest project has been worked on for the last two years within the studio um mm-hmm. who that was according to a resume from josh sure okay and he was working as a writer narrative designer on an unannounced project since may 2020 so that's obviously that one but in yeah. addition to him kurt margion who updated his twitter profile to confirm he's the game director of a mystery title which is surely the same game that neil Druckmann is involved in so Going back to Helena, what do you think it is and what would you like it to be? What I hope, yeah, what I hope it would be, and this would just help them like fill out the Last of Us world, is uh, in the first Last of Us game, um, Ellie is going around collecting comic books of this type of space comic. Oh, you're uh, obsessed, man. I know, I know, but I just thought that would be a really cool addition to the world that is Last of Us if they actually created a space game. I know you love space games. So if they create, if Naughty Dog were able to create like a space themed game, uh, set loosely in, I guess, a parallel world or, you know what I mean, to The Last of Us, I think that'd be really good. So that's mm-hmm. what I'd put my money on. I'm really hoping that they are going to do it because breaking that fourth wall is something that I really love. Um, mm-hmm. And for them to do that would be would be pretty cool. I don't want them to touch it. You know, I like that The Last of Us was a special point in video games towards the end of the PS3 because as Microsoft said in their eternal review, which leaked, it set a new boundary for storytelling in a video game. Then we went a very long time before Last of Us 2 came. And we obviously had the Last of Us remastered. We had the Uncharted collection. We had Uncharted 4. Then we got the Last of Us 2, right? Which, you know, came out late end of PS4. So there was a whole generation, you know, end of PS3 generation was the Last of Us, end of PS4 generation was the Last of Us Part 2, right? Mm. So I don't want a Last of Us. I, I do want one more Last of Us. I feel like they need to make one more and they need to tie up Ellie's story, right? Because it's not tied up. You know it's not tied up. And he's already said that he has a script in mind for the third one. Right, but I don't want that game until the end of the PS5 generation. I want the PS5 singing all bells and whistles. I want that shit to sound like a Boeing 747 because Last of Us 3 is pushing it to its absolute limit. And yeah, we don't need it. So what I actually want from Neil Druckmann is an absolute fucked up horror game. Because he's excelling in the dark. You just look at the darkest moments of Last of Us 1 and 2. He's ex- They're excel- excellent, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's excelling in making you as a gamer feel uncomfortable. 
and those moments are very taboo and not taboo at the same time because it le- yeah. it's left to you as the gamer's imagination as to what was happening in that scene, mm-hmm. you know. And a game that has that does that has to be controversial, has to be controversial, right? Otherwise, there's no discussion. If everyone was in agreement that, yeah, yeah, yeah it was right to to kill a certain character at the beginning of The Last of Us Two, then th- there's no talking point about it. There's no engagement. Yeah. It has to cause diversion in a community you know what i mean i think and i think that's what he has done very very well at and i would love for him to make just a really messed up horror game that quite makes you question what the fuck you're playing you know what i mean that or i don't know i guess i kind of would like to see a new uncharted it's been ages people so if you haven't finished it I don't care. I'm going to spoil it in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. I'm warning you, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. So at the end of obviously Uncharted 4, his daughter's all grown up and she's an early treasurer. I don't want to hear this. You're not going to play it. Uh, But yeah, I would love them to go back to the Uncharted universe and use his daughter, you know, because I would love to... Again, Naughty Dog are absolutely stunning at set piece set piece gameplay and uncharted is explosive it's the closest thing you get to hollywood and i want them to do it man i want them to do it because it's fucking amazing and i think it would be great but again new either a new horror ip game or the next installment that doesn't have drake in it in uncharted so i've just realized yeah that you know when you started talking about um he's got ideas for um, Last of Us 3. My brain just started ticking when I was like, bloody hell, was it, what could it possibly be? And I started thinking about her parents. Yeah, when I mean, we know about her mom dying, you know, when she gave birth to Ellie, but mm. we don't know about her father, do we? Or have they gone into it? I'm taking no, the silence means no, they haven't actually gone into it. So I think part three, I'm putting it out there, people, and Neil Drummond, if you're listening, yeah, you can use this as a, as a little um, cliff note. Um, but yeah, so she goes, she finds her father. Her father also happens to be somebody who has the ability to withstand, you know, the, the, the virus that's out there. And now Ellie's going to be faced with a situation where maybe she's going to have to kill her father. <laughs> you know nah, mean? man, nah, that's too, it's too, you can't have a father. <laughs> it could be, man, it's it. like, you know, it's like, what would you do? So nah, 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 nah. You can't have a... What Joel did, part two is about what she would do. And then, you know, it, it could play out to see what happens. You nah, know, I yeah. think I think I think the problem you got with that is well, the father, and... I think the father's definitely gonna be it though. That's what that's I'm definitely putting my money on that. Daddy, nah, I, th- I think or... I think because Joel was that father like figure, you can't really replace him in that sense. I think it's gonna switch. Yeah, and Ellie's gonna be more of a mother figure whether it be to the baby that's in The Last of Us 2, but the role, she's become Joel to somebody else. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where the story could go. But, you yeah, know... That, 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 yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's naturally where it will go in it. But, um, honestly, I just, I just think they just need to think, right, we're going to close this up, man. We're going to go batshit fucking crazy. You know what the other final game is going to go, dude? It's going to go where there's another way to get the cure sorted out from her, da, 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 and it's going to work from there. Ellie, Ellie's and... dying, man. Ellie's gone. I think Ellie's oh, no, gonna, no, she's gone. Gonna it's going to end with her yeah. sacrificing herself or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. Awesome, but can she do that because of another... Oh gosh! Thanks for those questions. <laughs> you know, I know. you got hyped up now. <laughs> That's it, listeners. But uh, again, if you want to get yeah. your question into the latest PS5, you can tweet at latest PS5. You can also send us a direct message on there. You can email the latest PS5 at gmail.com. 
If you haven't already, um, click the YouTube link in the description of this podcast. That will take you to our YouTube channel where you'll see live reactions and videos of new stories from me and Alex. We did a live reaction to the state of play where we gave our opinions. We also did a live reaction to that very long Summer Games Fest show. Um, so head over there, like and subscribe to the channel as well. Don't forget to click the bell to get the notifications when we put new videos up. Mm-hmm. With that being said, Alex, do you have any final comments of the week? Well, to add to that list of amazing content on the YouTube channel, make sure you do check out the 100th episodes where we were answering your questions, listeners. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And we had uh, Demi doing the uh, the interview uh, for us. But yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. So if you haven't done it yet, check, hop over to YouTube, look for us on there and like, share, subscribe, hit that bell icon. And uh, yeah, let us know your thoughts. And I'm going to end the show with, yes, I would pay $9,999 for Tekken 2. A digital version? Are you crazy? (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night.